Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dadon Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Dadon Tolbert. Tonight's going to be a uh, little bit different from what we, uh, you know, do on a on a regular basis. I uh, wanted to come together live tonight to discuss a a tragic event, a um, you know, unfortunate situation that is really becoming all too common, uh, which is the you know the um, the tragic and and um, unforeseen, brutal, uh, I don't want to say murder just yet, but and we'll talk about that, but just, you know, it's always a tragedy when any loss of life occurs, when any, you know, child loses their life, especially someone who was, you know, on their way to college, um, you know, hopefully to do some, some, you know, some positive things. So we just want to, um, you know, tonight remember uh, Michael Brown and, and, and just discuss the, uh, you know the overall situation uh from a as you, you know how we do things here not necessarily from an emotional standpoint but from a one a legal standpoint um a two and just a proactive standpoint meaning uh rather than reactive you know we don't want to just sit around and wait for these types of events to occur these types of tragedies to occur we want to get in front of it and and, and try to talk about solutions and um you know remedies for this epidemic that is uh that's plaguing plaguing our youth plaguing the black community you know black on black crime is is at an all time high uh police brutality is at at an all time high and a number of things are at an all time high that we just want to really talk about you know we want to talk about not only talk about but take action uh towards so that's what we want to do tonight uh, you guys are all welcome to, uh, you know, join in on the conversation, um, you know, offer. I know, you know, social media has really been, you know, really um, going crazy about this, uh, you know, just, you know, the weekend's events, a lot lot to talk about over the last week or so. And um, so that's what we want to do tonight, man. 646 uh, uh Hit the number one on your keypad if you have a question or comment. In fact, I'm just thinking, you know, it was literally uh, less than two years or maybe a little over two years ago that we came back live uh, to talk about Trayvon Martin and that whole situation. We talked about it from a couple different perspectives. Uh, many of you may remember our, our special on gun violence in America where we talked about not just the Trayvon Martin situation, but just the, the, the you know, there's the gun, gun laws, um, you know, gun just you know guns you know and and, and the role they play in in so many uh the loss of life of so many and then uh, so we talked about that which which led to some some very um heated discussions if many of you guys may remember and then we came back to talk about it again from a different perspective but to talk about the the actual verdict you know and that was a very uh probably one of the more and I don't you know me I don't even like this word but you know, if I was going to use it to describe anything, I'd, I'd say our discussion on the the verdict, the George Zimmerman trial, was was considered controversial mainly because of the fact that we did not approach it from, you know, an emotional standpoint like the rest of the world, but more so, and really strictly from a legal perspective, to not not um, uh, not, I guess, justify the verdict you know that's not the word that that I would use but to explain it and, and to help educate many on just how the legal system works how the judicial system works and uh you know and, and try to hope give some peace about 
you know what I'm saying, you know, why it happened, why that, that verdict was found. And I, and I think we did that that night. And so tonight we want to talk about uh, the, the Michael Brown situation from a different perspective, but, but also from an educational standpoint for those who may not be familiar with, um, you know, what, what's going on um, right now. So all that being said, uh, Courtney is here with me tonight. Courtney, how are you this evening? I am excellent, excellent. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, you know, we want to talk about the 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 Michael Brown situation. Have you heard about it, or have you been following the news at all? Yes, I'm I'm a little bit familiar um, with the the story, so I'm very interested in just talking about it. And it's funny that you know you were bringing up um, the whole Trayvon Martin situation. It uh, our discussion on that it helped me view this situation, the Michael Brown situation, um, in a different light. You know, I, I view it totally different because of that. So I'm and very, very interested in talking about it. Mm-hmm. Sure, and that's that's and that's really at the end of the day what I want to do is, you know, I, I you guys know me. I'm not a bandwagon type of guy. I don't like to just, you know, turn on CNN and, and just go with the flow, turn on whatever and hear Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, you know, telling us how we should feel, telling us how we should act, telling us how we should think and that's and you know, just let's just jump on the bandwagon and, you know, protest and right now no, I like to, you know, one, familiarize myself, you know, with what's going on. You know, just I wanna know what happened. But then I also wanna look at what the law says. Not not what we would like the law to say, but what the law as it stands says about, you know, whatever is going on, and then look at it from that perspective. You know, and I think that's where we, you know, a lot of people fall by the wayside. It's like when, when the legal system does not support what the, the the television or the radio says we should feel, it's like, well, I, you know, I just I don't want to hear that. They don't, you know what I'm saying? People tune it out. You know, I don't want to hear that. I just want to go with what I want to go with. I want to feel how I want to feel. I want to do what, you know, people say we should do in these types of situations. But what you got to realize is these situations, you know, I've heard, I've heard people bringing up Troy Davis, you know what I'm saying, who was uh, executed for, for uh, murder, you know, several years ago, and uh, not even several, a few years ago. Trayvon Martin, who was killed as a result of, um, you know, what ended up being, you would, I don't even know what you want to call it, just an unfortunate death. Um, you got that, and then obviously you have this. You have three totally different situations. You know what I mean? It's three situations that could not be more different. One, you got the death penalty. Two, you got, what you know, basically what, what could have been manslaughter, um, you know, but which wasn't. But, you know, that would be the closest thing if you wanted to call it a crime to, you know what I mean, legally what it would have been with Trayvon. And now you have this, which really at the end of the day we don't know what this is, you know, with Michael Brown, other than at this point an unfortunate situation. And I just hope and I pray that, you know, all the facts – are revealed. I mean, I know, and we'll, you know, like I said, we'll talk about it a little bit. I don't want to get too deep into it right now, but you know, we will. You know, at the end of the day, tonight's show, I chose to to title um, "Saving Our Children" because that's honestly that's what we're here for. Now. I mean, we could. You guys don't need me to talk about Michael Brown because at this point, it's a little premature. I mean, I can't tell you anything differently than you may. You probably already saw in the news. Like, I don't know what happened. You know, I wasn't there. You know, um, I'm, and you know me, I'm not just going to jump on the bandwagon with what everybody else is saying. So I'd like to just encourage everybody to do some research on on the case, and we'll talk about the case. We've got some time tonight, but I would just, like I said, but it, it's premature to, to to 
assess judgment. It's premature to say we want justice. Well, at this point, we don't know what justice is. You know what I mean? I mean, we don't know. I mean, see, it's funny, Courtney, and you can tell me what you think, but have you ever heard people saying we want justice or justice has to be done? It's kind of like that whole go vote thing. You know how people say uh, go vote? Well, they don't really mean go vote. They want you to go vote for who they want you to vote for. It's like if you were voting for John McCain, then they don't want you to go vote. But if you're voting for Barack Obama, oh, yeah, yeah, vote, vote or die, right? But when it's like justice. You know, if justice, you know what I'm saying, like with George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin, based on the legal system, based on the current laws, justice was actually served. You know, if there's reasonable doubt, you are required by law to come up with a not guilty verdict. So technically, that was justice. But nobody will say justice was done in the George Zimmerman case because George Zimmerman didn't go to jail. So what we want to do is we really want to just look at what justice is. You know, is it what we want emotionally or is it what we want, what needs to happen legally? And that's something I want to encourage everybody. But like I said, so that's the case or the, the situation aspect of it. The first part, and to me the most important part is, like I said earlier, I want to get in front of this stuff. Tonight's show is really all about saving our children. How can we help prevent more, uh, or, or excuse me, less Michael Browns, less Trayvon Martins? How can these situations be prevented? And we will talk specifically about the numerous reasons and ways that we can prevent these types of tragedies. Somebody will say, well, Trayvon Martin couldn't have been prevented. Michael Brown didn't do it. I mean, well, well, I want to talk about that because, yeah, it, it, all this stuff could have been prevented. All right? All this stuff could have been prevented. All right? And we want to talk about the ways uh, to do that. But, um, Courtney, Tonight, uh, I meant to tell you, you, you mentioned, we talked about it last night or the other night when we were live, Osho called in. A couple orders of business I want to get out of the way. Osho um, called in and told us that you know he is doing a free seminar. So I just want to make sure I get this out there before we get too deep into the show. On August 26th, I know you're not here, Courtney, but are you excited about this seminar that, that, that Osho has coming up on how to be ready for the things to come? Yes, you know I'm excited. I I really am. You guys are just awesome. Just everything that you both do, you know, I really admire. So yeah, I'm excited. Speaking of that, hold on. When is the next Between Brothers show? <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. The next Between Brothers is going to be on this Sunday. This Sunday. So we're coming back. We're going to be talking about things that are popular, that are definitely not of God, whether it's these horoscopes, astrology, um, yoga, and just at the end of the day, you know, you know, even other religions, things that are just cool, things that have become popular, that really at the end of the day are not of God. And we're going to talk about what the Bible says about them. And I guarantee you, you're going to look at a lot of, you know, socially acceptable and, and popular things in a totally different light, a biblical light. And But like I said, I just want to throw out the information. If you guys have a pen, I'll throw it out a little bit later on also. This is a free seminar. There's a lot of things going on with the government, with the Bible, and, and you know, the things to come, basically, as Osho says. I'm going to be there on, uh, uh, well, not this Tuesday, next Tuesday, the 26th, August 26th, Tuesday, August 26th at 7 p.m., and it's at the Woods Apartments, okay? It's actually a church, but it's inside of an apartment complex, the Woods Apartments, 
1301 Lincoln Drive West in Ambler, PA, which is in the Philadelphia area. If you guys are anywhere in the surrounding areas of Philly, again, 1301 Lincoln Drive West, Ambler, PA, 19002. If you want a map question, Google it, uh, whatever, GPS. Um, just I'm telling you, it's it's free. And you know how Osho does, it's going to be crazy. So just come on out, listen, and, and, and you know, you're going to learn a lot of stuff. Osho has a lot of information about the things that you're not going to see on CNN, the things you're not going to see on, you know, wherever. All right, so so there's that. And on a, a much lighter note, guys, I actually um, got a chance to go down to the shore this weekend. All right, had a really good time. Thank you guys for all the comments on, you know, on the pictures and the Instagram. And, you know, follow me on there. It's a little bit, you know, just I like to, I don't do a lot of crazy stuff on there. Just really sharing, you know, family experiences, stuff, a lot of stuff with my daughter and, you know, going on vacation. So check out my Instagram at Dadon Tolbert and uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff is is uh, at Dadon Tolbert. But, um, yeah, went down to uh, Rehoboth Beach, which is over in the Delaware area, and, um, you know, just just nice to get away. You ever just need to need to get away, Courtney? Yes, yeah. I mean, you know, we all need that. You know, we all need a little vacation, a mini vacation. Um, one, it's funny. I did. I knew I needed a vacation, and I didn't even. I didn't even take my laptop. You know what I'm saying? You know, you guys know me. I'm always on my laptop. I didn't even take it. You know, just had the phone, and so you know, I just knew it was gonna be some good time away. So definitely, um, you know, in, enjoyed that. Um, we tuned. We we last time we were live, and I just want to touch on this before we get into um, saving our children. A lot of people have been hitting me up, and a lot of conversation, a lot of follow up comments through private counseling. The women I've been working with, um, you know, individually on our last live show, which was when a man loves a woman. Was that not an awesome show, Courtney? It was. I really, really enjoyed it. Man, I mean, you know, it, we got we had some some good callers. We gave out some good information. We took a, several different songs uh, and analyzed the lyrics just to help women get a more accurate uh, understanding and, and depiction of what it looks like when a man truly loves a woman, as opposed to you know, viewing her as a as a Friday night freak, you know, a friend, a friend with benefits, someone cool to hang out with. But you know what I'm saying? Really just what it looks like when he when he's feeling you, when he loves you, you know, what that will look like, what that will feel like. You know, without all the games, without all the lies, without all the BS and, and you know, it's and I I I'm stressing this show just because you know, it's so rare in today's society that we hear and see an accurate portrayal of what really goes on in the mind and heart and soul of a man. You see a lot of watered-down stuff. You see a lot of what the media wants you to believe. But we as men are very emotional, very spiritual, very loving, very caring. And and unfortunately, many women don't get that from us. And there are reasons for that. You know, there are reasons for that. But when it's right, Courtney, as we, as we heard on the other night, is it's right. Any particular thoughts or fee- and feedback on that particular, you know, on that show? I just really enjoyed going through the lyrics, and it was um, one of them stood out to me. It was just basically saying, "This is paraphrased, of course," but it was saying like, you know, a man would 
you know, give his last dime. Like, even if he didn't have anything, you know, he would make sure that you were okay. And so I that, like, stood out to me. Um, because, truth be told, like, I had ne- I've never experienced that. So I was like, wow. You know, something to look forward to. Right, sure. And, you know, and that's, most women have never experienced that, you know. Um, so if you missed that show, check out the archives. All shows, if you guys are newer, are archived at DadonTolbertShow.com. Last but not le- last but not least, piece of uh, business um, before we jump into tonight's topic is we have a, you know, I've been, this is, you know, I, I always say I've been letting certain things mentally marinate for, for a while now. And, and this is something that's been mentally um, just simmering on the back burner for for months. In fact, and, and it's coming. I'm ready to finally do it. And those are really the best the best shows where I just really take my time with. I don't want to rush anything. I don't do shows just to do them. You know, if, if I like you guys have heard me say, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do. If I, if we haven't done it, it's because it's not right. It's because I want to wait for it to be right. And this is one of those things. And and what I want to do is, uh, what I'm going to do is probably early next week is a show, and it's probably going to be one of the realest shows ever and most informative shows ever, um, on on Illuminati symbolism. Okay? Now, just, you, you know, we, we've heard the term, you know, we, we've done shows on blasphemy in the entertainment industry, Satanism in the entertainment industry, um, and we've touched on the symbolism, but I see it every day, you guys see it every day, but we're really just going to come back and for the first time ever do a show specifically dedicated so you know to illuminati symbolism satanic symbolism demonic symbolism that literally can be seen i mean when i say literally i mean in every television show in every movie in every commercial within every celebrity every uh, talk show interview, every game show, every whatever it is, it's everywhere. And, and after this show, and don't you know, what I mean, after this show, you will know what to look for, and it will change your life forever. And I'll tell you, and I'll just, in all seriousness, you know, you may not want to listen to that show. Okay, you might speak, you might say, well, why? Why would you? Why would I not want to listen? Well, I, and I'm only telling you this because. It's going to change your life, and it's not necessarily going to change your life in a good way. You know, and I don't want to say too much because we're going to get into it. But what I mean by that is, once you know something, you know what I'm saying, you can't unlearn it, you can't forget it. So you're not going to be able to watch TV the same. You're not going to be able to go to the movies the same. You're not going to be able to go to restaurants the same. You're not going. To, you're going to see everything. You're not going to be able to drive down the street and see certain billboards and look at them the same. Your whole life is going to be different. It's going to, and it's going to really, it can be depressing to a certain extent. You know, when you really start and see, like, wait, everything that you thought that you knew, you know what I'm saying, is different, and you start to really see, you know, who and what the entertainment, you know, the, really the world is run by, it's going to be tough to, you know, to, to I don't want to say sleep at night, but, you're just gonna. It's gonna be different. So I would say definitely tune into that show, Courtney. Me and you talk about this stuff. Are you excited for that show? I am excited about that, and I get what you were saying just about how you're changed by it. Like I could be walking somewhere, and I could be walking past like a you know an advertisement or or something, and I may not even be looking directly at it, but it's like I can see it out the corner of my eye, and I just like stop on my tracks like. I wasn't doing that before, but after we talked about it, it's like you can't miss it. 
Right. It's every, it's good. You, you can't, you're not going to watch anything. And stop. You're going to see, and you're going to go back and see stuff that you used to see and look at it totally different. You're like, wow, that's what he's talking about. And the only reason people don't don't talk about this stuff is because they just don't know. But once it's not like you see, it's not like if somebody tells you something, you can either believe it or not believe it. It's not going to be that type of thing. Like when I when we do that show, let's say it's on a Friday, on Monday or on Saturday, your whole life's going to be different. You're going to you see what I'm saying? You're going to see things in your everyday life that we talked about on that show, and then you're like, oh snap, that's what they're talking about. And it's going to be crazy. So you have no choice but to, you know, but to listen, but to believe it because you're going to see it. So I'm just, oh, man, don't be surprised if our show mysteriously gets canceled or, you know what I mean, or, or the, the whole thing is just, this is like the last time y'all hear me because we're about to change the world next week. So I'm just letting y'all know now. Um, but, yeah, like I said, man, we want to talk about tonight um, really just our children. We want to talk about our youth. We want to talk about solutions because you know me. I'm not one of those talkers. I'm a doer. I'm a go-getter. I like to make things happen. You know, I'll tell you all a quick thing. This was literally within the last two weeks. I think I mentioned it last week. Just, you know, a couple weeks ago, not too far from where I actually live, you know, there were was, there was some people who shot up a recreation center. You know what I'm saying? Just like shot up a rec, rec center. I'm like, yo, who does that? You know what I'm saying? And And – Obviously, our people, you know, and and there that's the problem. You know what I'm saying? Like that is the issue. Is because, and I'll tell you what the issue, why that's an issue. The issue is that, and I'm not blaming us, although there are serious issues that that are plaguing us as a people that we have to take responsibility for. But the the, the black on black crime, the drugs, okay, the um. I mean, just the overall attitude, you know, and culture, and then the subculture that is a whole nother world. You guys know what I mean, like the drug game, the gang life. That's a whole nother world that exists within the black community as we know it. You know what I mean? Like, if you go to school, you go to work, whatever you do on a daily basis, there's a whole nother world out there. You know, there are people who, who literally fear for their lives. You know, there are people who literally grow, live every day not believing, not, not knowing, but not believing that they're going to make it another day. I, don't, I can't relate to that. I've never feared for my life. But there are people who, who do that, you know. And so what that fear does, it, it creates this, this negativity. It creates this attitude that, that spreads like a cancer, like a virus. Because what happens is when you have these people who are living this type of lifestyle, it affects the youth that come that see that that they're bringing into that. It affects our elders. It affects the police. You know, and we'll talk about the police tonight. And again, I'm not making excuses. I'm just explaining it. You know what I'm saying? It, it creates this this tension to the point where. If you have a some some type of tension, eventually that tension is going to give way and it's going to be an explosion. That explosion happens when you get your Trayvon Martin. That tension explodes with with Michael Brown. You guys see what I'm saying? And I'm, again, I'm not justifying. I'm just explaining it. You know, it's it's bound to happen. You know what I mean? And you we have to ease the tension. 
We have to change the mentality of the of within us. It starts with us. If we change us, we're going to see a difference in how racist individuals interact with us. They're still going to be racist. Don't get it twisted. But we're going to see a difference. If we change us, you know, and it really it starts with us in, as individuals. But if every person changes themselves and says, hey, look, you know, I want to be positive. I want to be educated. I don't want to be a nigger. Okay? I'm not going to glorify the things that Harriet Tubman and Medgar Evers and Martin Luther King and Malcolm X struggled and fought to, to, to you know, eliminate from the community. If I, if I take a stand and say that individually I'm going to do my part, then eventually the other people around, there'll still be some knuckleheads, but eventually, you know, we will start to see a change one by one. And it starts with us. It starts with you, Courtney. It starts with me. You know, uh, uh, being the change that we hope to see from our youth, because at the end of the day, they look up to us. And, and one of the problems is with these kids out here, they don't see the positive individuals. You know what I mean? They don't have mothers who carry themselves with respect. Because right now we're talking about, again, saving our children. The question is, how do we save our children? What needs to be? I'm telling you right now, this is a solution. This is the solution right here. We have moms who respect their bodies. We have moms who actually be moms and raise their kids. And, and I say raise their kids. What I mean by that is actually making the decisions that are in their best interest as well as their kids' best interest. Part of that is choosing husbands and, you know what I mean, fathers for their children who should be their husband who are not niggas, who are not deadbeat bastards, who are not gang members, who are not ex-cons or whatever it is that they do. You see what I'm saying? That, that's bringing about this negativity. That's how we save our kids is by giving them the type of surroundings that I grew up in. Placing them in a village with a mother, a father, and uncles, and aunts, and cousins, brothers, God's sisters, that, that, you know what I'm saying, that they can look to for love and encouragement and support. Positive individuals around these kids. That's how we save them. But the opposite end of that is when you have kids with a hoe for a mom, a pimp for a dad, a deadbeat bastard for a dad. We just did a rebroadcast of our show on how to avoid dealing with the low-down, dirty bastard. If you guys missed it, check it out on the archives. But that's the... You see what I'm saying? If if that's what they grow up with, what do you expect? They're clearly not going to look at mom for to be a role model. They're not going to look at dad. They have no, you know, what I mean, brothers and sisters out there doing the same thing in the streets. So who are they going to go to? Well, they're going to go to their local gang, you know, gang leader. You know, because they everybody wants inclusion, everybody wants affirmation. So where they get it from? They don't get it from anybody. Positive. They don't go to church. They don't have. They don't go to school. See, I had no choice. I went to school. I went to. I had no choice to do those things. That's just what it was. You see, but I had a father who would have put a foot in my ass if I didn't do the right thing. I had a mom who would go upside my head if I didn't do the right thing. I had uncles. I had aunts. I had babas and mamas. You know, I had a village that raised me and raised my siblings. That's why you hear me where you hear me, and you don't see me laying face down in the street. There's a reason for that. See, a lot of people think this stuff is by chance. 
Oh, that could have happened to anybody. No, 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 no. It couldn't have. I mean, you know, technically, yeah, but the odds of something like that happening to somebody like me are a little bit less than the odds of it happening to somebody else who grew up in a different type of environment. That, see, that's the unpopular truth. See, because the reality is, and this is, what, again, saving our kids. The re- and we'll talk about Michael Brown. You see what I'm saying? But this is where it starts because the reality is, I had parents who 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 role played with me. Okay, I mean we role played everything. I got lectures on everything. I had lectures on how to talk to men. You know what I'm saying? How to be a man. Not you know what I'm saying? How to how to not certainly not be a punk. Definitely how to hold my hands. We were in martial arts growing up. How to handle ourselves if the situation arose. But more importantly how to walk away from an argument, how to not feel what these kids feel that makes them say, you're not going to disrespect me, and if you do, I'm going to go get my gun and make sure you don't. How to not have that mentality, how to say, hey, it's okay to walk away. You obviously, you want to disrespect me? Okay, that's cool. You obviously are dealing with some things. So rather than me throw my whole life away on you, or me lose my life trying to prove something to you, hey, guess what? You got that. I'm just going to walk away. You see what I'm saying? And and, and it's, it's funny because exactly what I just described to you is what 90% of our youth in in the streets today will not do. They are they will, are willing to die for respect. I don't need respect from these thugs out here. I don't care. You know what I mean? It, it ain't that serious. They're not putting money in my pocket, food on my, you see what I'm saying? But that's what it, so that's how it starts, is by changing the mentality, letting them know, hey, I don't have anything to prove to you. Because once these kids get out of that, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to shoot you just for stepping on my shoe and not apologize, I've, I've seen that. I've seen people fight, I've seen guns be pulled just for somebody stepping on somebody's shoe and not saying, excuse me. You know, if, does, that, does that seem crazy to you, Courtney? That's ridiculous. It really is. It's not worth someone's life. I've seen it. This is the. I didn't grow up in the streets, but I'm very well familiar with the streets. I've been in the streets. I've been in the hood. I've seen. I've heard gunshots. I've seen. I've seen people get shot right in front of me. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I mean, I could tell you stories. You know, that's not my life. That's not who I am. But the reality is that is the life of so many of our youth. And so that's, I guess what I'm saying, a reason why I'm focusing on this is because we have to understand, okay, when you grow up with that type of mentality, there are no rules. That life brings about so much stuff that you guys probably have no idea even goes on, okay? There are people out here. Okay, that you probably see a lot of these kids, I have to understand, they've killed people. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these these quote-unquote good kids are walking around with guns, illegally purchased guns. And I'm not just speaking generally like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. No, I'm, I'm being specific. I'm saying the people that you see, the people, again, I'm not talking about any celebrities or anybody famous that may have lost their life. I'm, I'm just saying these kids. These quote-unquote kids who really are like grown adults because they'll kill you. 
They'll kill you. They'll kill your whole family. And don't let you snitch. Don't let you actually try to do the right thing. They will kill you and kill your family. Quote, unquote, you know what I mean, nice guys. They're, they're living there with a, a, a mob mentality, a gang mentality. And again, I'm not, obviously I'm not talking about everybody, but I'm speaking about this subculture that exists that, mo- that, that doesn't get reported on the news. Case in point. I mean, I, 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 mean, I could go, I could tell a, a hundred stories right now. But, I mean, not too far from where I live, I see this stuff. You know what I mean? Like I, these kids out here running around at 11 o'clock at night. This happened. I swear on it. This happened a couple weeks ago. You know, I live in a I live in a fairly nice part of the neighborhood. Okay, but these bastards, and I say bastards because clearly they ain't got a mom and dad who give a damn about them. So I say bastards because they're just out here. It was maybe I think I man, I think I even told y'all. I think I even mentioned it when 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 Danny went out. She went out. I was home watching the baby. She went out with some friends. She came home maybe like 11.30, midnight. These bastards were outside, you know, fighting. Not even from our block, but fighting. You know what I'm saying? Like acting a fool, loud at 12 o'clock at night. Just loud, teenagers, 13, 14, 16 years old. And she's coming home. And I'm like, what the, I, you know what I'm saying? I can't have her coming down there in the street. She's calling me like, yo, can you, you know what I'm saying, can you come outside and meet me? And crazy, I didn't even have my phone on me. But I just knew that that was around the time that she was going to be coming home, so I was kind of looking out. You know what I'm saying? So I literally had to go get my gun, right, just just to go outside in my ball shorts. Big old gun hanging out my, 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 my you know what I'm saying, my ball shorts, hand right hand right on the trigger, and, 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 you know what I'm saying? And walk her into the house. I should not have to do that. I'm not a thug. That's not my life. Why do I? You feel what I'm saying? That's disrespectful to me. You see, like that's that's reality. This isn't those people. This is these are these kids. Now, 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 and I'm. And you see what I'm saying? I'm, not, I'm no punk. I'm not. I'm not a tough guy. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time. I'm walking out to bring my pregnant wife into the house because there's a mob of kids, or you know, acting a fool on my block, and somebody says something crazy to me. Somebody decides they want to put their hands on me, or you know what I'm saying? What you know what I'm saying? Things go left, and next thing you know, I'm George Zimmerman, unarmed kid, you know, shot dead in the street. You know what I'm saying? By 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 this guy, this author, this talk show, Dayton Tolbert. We've listened to his shows. He has issues with the black community. So, da da da, da like, nah, you know, unarmed kid, tragedy. Now it's a tragedy. But they're acting a fool on my block. But I'm the bad guy. I can see the headlines now. Can you? Yeah. You see him? But, but I'm the bad guy. You know? And that's what we have to get off of. We got we to gotta change it. Because, he, see, and, 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 and forgive me. Forgive me, because I don't have... Like I said, I'm gonna wait on you know the the the, the details of the. I want to see how this plays out, you know. What I mean, because any loss of life is tragic. Trayvon Martin was tragic, but at the end of the day, I know it could it could have been me, and I know that every day I walk outside the house, it could be me because I see these kids, 
These kids are not good. They got flash mobs here in Philly. I know it's even worse up there in Chicago. These these kids think it's cool to to run up on you and just they, they do the knockout game, try to knock you out. Somebody knock, try to knock me out, knock out. I, I'm blowing their heads off. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, and that's just, I'm not even, that's doing no tough stuff, but I'm just being honest. Like, I'm not, that's not me, you know? And, and we have to change the mentality of these kids that to to, th- to say, hey, it's not okay to do that. See, I was raised by a mom and a dad who said it's not okay to to act that way. It's not okay to be outside the house at 10 o'clock at night. Hey, even 8 o'clock at night let alone 11.30 at night. That's not okay. In fact, we were told that we have to be better. You know what I mean? And let me, and you guys call, let me know if I'm saying something incorrect. You feel what I'm saying? Like, if, I, if you feel like I'm saying something that's, that's incorrect or, or, or inaccurate, cause I'm just telling personal experiences, sharing experiences of what goes on. I see the positivity out there. Don't, I go to church. I see the kids, you know, in the choir and the kids. There's some kids out there doing some really great things. Don't get me wrong. I see it every day, and I, I salute them, and I salute their parents. But unfortunately, I, I know the deal. You feel like I see this stuff. I know what it is. I'm not going to act like we live in some type of perfect society. We live in a horrible society. We live in hell. You know, and I'm just like that's that's what see people are like. Well, what do you? Oh, no, I'm I'm saying the truth. We all know it's that it's that big nasty elephant in the room that nobody wants to acknowledge. You know what I mean? Like you go go outside of your hood. You know. Go right now. You know it's ten o'clock, nine o'clock. Go go out to your hood. You know, and you tell me what you see. You know, we all know. You won't like what you see. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about right now. You will see these bad kids. You will see these niggas. You will see the thugs, the pimps, the drug dealers, the hoes. You will see the look in their eyes that they literally don't care. You say one wrong thing. You're dead. That's it, you're dead. You know what I mean? Not too long ago, this guy, I didn't even tell this story, but I don't, you know, I don't like talking about negativity or spreading it, but I, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Somebody that I know, I don't even, you know, know this guy all like that. You know what I mean? But um, this was like a month ago. You know, this is this is me. This happened. This, You know, he. I was just wrong place, wrong time. Um, Could have been dead, just like that. No more Day Don Tolbert. No more Day Don Tolbert show. No more nothing. Just like that. You know, I was someplace, and uh, this guy was, uh, he had some type of altercation with somebody. I don't want to say any names or give any specific situations, but there was an altercation, and they had serious words. And because I was in the vicinity, this person, had he knew, didn't, didn't know nothing about me, who I was, what I'm into. I could have been anybody. But he walked up to me and the person who I was with and said, yo, is that your man? Is that your – I'm just looking like – and I was kind of like just like kind of shocked because I was like almost like froze. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still had that thing right on my, you know, my hip. But he's like, yo, is that your man? I'm like, yo, I'm just – you know what I'm saying? I'm just – I didn't even say nothing. I was like, look, man, I ain't got nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? And he's like, yo – I, you could ask about me. That nigga's dead. That nigga dead. Y'all all in danger. You all. I'm just like, look. He said, "Is that yo?" He looked right at me. Is that your man? 
And I can tell you with with every ounce of certainty in my body, if I would have been, you know, if I first of all, if I would have said anything, or if I would have certainly, if I would have, you know, re- responded in an aggressive manner, one of us wouldn't have walked away from that. Either he would have been shooting. Like I had my hand right on my, you know, what I'm saying, right on my gun, just in case the whole time. And I know, I know for a fact, if you talk, you, you know, what I mean, you talking that type of stuff, you definitely got something on you. And one way or another, we're gonna shoot out like the OK Corral, you know what I mean, Wild Wild West style. But you see what I'm saying? That's what my parents taught me to walk away from. Ninety, I promise you, 99% of men, young black men in today's society would not have handled that situation the way I handled it. I promise you that. Somebody threaten your life to your face, says you in danger, is that shit? Yeah, that's my man. Yeah, what, what about it? Okay, pop, 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 pop. That's that. Somebody's dead. Do you for a second think that I'm lying or exaggerating? No, I know you're not. That, just like that. But that is what my parents taught me to walk away from. And again, going back to the ultimate point, saving our children, we, you guys, meaning you conscious people, the people who are actually listening to talk about a solution, to hear about a solution, have to instill in our kids. Because that's what they're lacking. They, nobody told them that it's okay to walk. Like, you, you, y'all know me. I was just down the beach. I'm taking Instagram photos on the beach with my wife and daughter. You think I'm thinking about that thug? I don't care about him. He disrespected me. Some may even say he punked me. Right? Does anybody for a second think that I've even thought about that situation except right now to hear that, to tell this story? I don't care about that. And that's what we got to get back to. Not only, I mean, forget, you know, just from a positivity standpoint, we call ourselves Christians. You know what I mean? That's what we, we call ourselves Christians. Osho will tell you. This happened to me and Osho. One time uh, a couple of years ago, me and Osho went to, uh, uh, you know, like a, a church, you know, uh, youth night, like a ministry night type of, some type of uh, a cafe, Christian cafe. Came, but he dropped me off in my crib. Probably got back to the crib like 12 o'clock. This dude, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I had my, you know what I'm saying? I, I keep, I take it everywhere with me. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, you know, but, you know, me and Osho just sitting out in the car talking. I guess this guy comes up to the car, you know, thinking that we're some type of, uh, you know, dr- looking for drugs. Because the car was right. We just pulled up and, we, you know, he, we were just sitting there. I guess he was hustling. So he comes up, I guess, thinking that we're trying to buy something. And also, he, you know, this guy, he's trying to pray for the dude. Like, yo, I'm like, yo, you know what I mean? Hand on the on my hip. Like, yo, what, what's up? You know, and that's that's the life that we as black men have to deal with. I didn't know he could have been, you know, thinking we were trying to buy drugs. He could have been a crackhead trying to rob us. He could have been, who knows what he could have been. But that's the, like, we, you know what I'm saying? I I bet you if we were in in a different part of the neighborhood, though, different part of the city, I mean, uh, excuse me, in the white part of the city, because let's be honest, I, first of all, that would not have happened. None of this stuff would have happened. We all want to talk about how bad, you know what I'm saying, oh, how racist and how this and how that. All these situations in which we're discussing tonight, 
would not have happened in your local white part of the city. Is that to say that bad things don't happen in the local white part of the city? No, 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 not at all. But let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like let's let's be honest about it. Let's, you know, Courtney, do you know that what what about the statistics? Obviously, Chicago is like the the murder capital of the, you know, I don't you know of the country right now. I don't know the 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 suburbs, but you know where where are these murders? Where are these atrocious statistics? Coming from is it from the white suburbs or is it from the inner city black neighborhoods? It's from the inner city black neighborhoods. That's where everything happens. The same life. Right. So again, this is not. But and again, I want to talk about some. But I, I want to lay the foundation for what we as a people can do. We have to start with us. My mom always told me. My dad always told me growing up, you cannot do the same things that they can do. You have to be better. You, if you know, if somebody wants to mouth off to the cops, see, see, I had actual courses. I'm not talking about college courses. I'm not talking about high school courses. I'm talking about parent courses specifically on how to interact with the police, how to deal with authority, how to respond when confronted in a racist disrespectful manner you think these kids out here have had that type of training no I know they haven't especially when they don't have um, parents so no right nobody cares enough to sit these kids down and say hey look it's not about see see a lot of people get it twisted they see again tonight's show is about saving our kids it's not about justifying or rationalizing or, or or explaining or any of that. I'm not interested in that. I'm trying to save our kids. I don't care who's right. My mom used to say, and y'all have heard me say this 20, you know, 50 times over the last 10 years, you know, my mom would always tell me, look, you can be right, but you can also be dead. And, and she got that from my grandfather. You see what I'm saying? Like that this is something that's been passed down for generations. Which is why we all you know what I'm saying, why I'm why I'm here, why I've had numerous run in with the cops, you know, been pulled over, but never had a problem. You see, I've been pulled over. I've been pulled over by I've been followed. I've I mean, I've had police pull me over, frisk me down for no reason. I've told I told you guys last year when it happened. Talking about some look, where's the crack? He said, I don't care about the weed. Just let me know where the crack is. Got any needles on you, anything that's going to stick? I said, excuse me, sir, I don't I do not do drugs, sir. I don't do, I don't have any crack, officer. You know what I'm saying? I'm just here trying to, you know, have a good night. I'm, I don't I do not do any drugs. You can search the car. You're not going to find anything illegal. Okay. Uh, I said, would you like to search the car, sir? That's fine if you, you know, you want to, but you're not going to. I don't, I said, sir, I don't do drugs. I said, would you, would you, you're welcome to. He said, no, nah, you have a good night. Just keep it moving. You see how that goes? See how that goes, Courtney? Yeah, I like how you handled that. Most people, what the, oh, what you talking about? You you ain't got no, you need a warrant to search my son. You ain't got no right. I mean, I, I, and they didn't have a warrant, and they had no right. There was no probable cause to search my vehicle. They were just stopping me because I was a black man in a, in a Mercedes at the time. I didn't do anything wrong. They were racist. But see, what you got to realize is there's a way to get them to say, 
all right, go ahead. Hey, you're going on about your business. You have a nice night. Because they're not, see, people don't want to, see, this is, this is what people don't want to hear. They want to be militant. They don't want to be punk. They don't want to be disrespected. Listen, I don't care about none of that. I'm just trying to go home and have a good night. I'm just trying to, you know, I don't I, I don't need to prove anything to them, to the white cops, the racist cops, or the ignorant niggas in the street trying to kill each other. I ain't got nothing to prove to nobody. That's the mentality that we got to get back to. Everybody's just got to chill. Everybody's so uptight. Everybody wants to be, you know, uh, uh, Huey Newton. You know what I'm saying? Black Panther, they want to, you know, be Malcolm X, even though they don't even know what Malcolm X stood for. You know, Malcolm X was, you know, he wasn't violent. You know, he he wasn't a thug. He was the main one saying, hey, look, you know, we need to, we need to just, we need to unite as a people. We need to have unity. There's no unity amongst us. If you guys missed our special on Kwanzaa, you know, and the seven principles of Kwanzaa and what they mean and, and, and how they are uh, relevant or, or not really relevant in today's society, you know, in the black community, check that show out. Just Google Kwanzaa on the Data October show where we talked about the lack of unity, the lack of faith, you know, the lack of supporting you know, our, our, our brothers and sisters' uh, stores and, you know, um, you know all that stuff, you know. So, we, so, so all of that being said, you know, we can talk about Trayvon Martin. We can talk about, you know, Michael Brown, you know, but I don't for a second want people to think that we are blameless in this equation. What am I talking about? You know, let's just go back to Trayvon for a second. Again, rest in peace, total tragedy. But I can, you know, I can tell y'all something. I, I wasn't there, obviously. But I can almost, and I told y'all that, and I'll tell you again, I'm almost 100% sure how it went down. If you look, if you watch the trial, if you look at the forensic evidence, if you look, listen to the 911 call, you know, you can pretty much, it's not hard to do. You can pretty much piece together what happened. And it, and it really does illustrate, you know, is, is illustrated by what we're talking about tonight on how to avoid certain situations. George Zimmerman was a was a bastard. And I think this may have been something that, I mean, it wasn't misconstrued because I'm crystal clear in everything that I say, anyone who actually listens. But I think that when you hear people talking about, you know, this from a legal perspective, from an actual perspective, as opposed to an emotional perspective, you know, people tend to tune certain things out, which is, which is what I think happened. But I think what happened, so I just want to say that, you know, George Zimmerman was out of line. Um, he did pursue Trayvon. You know, did he need to do that? Absolutely not. Should he have done that? Absolutely not. There was no need to do it. You know, I, that, see, and this is where I draw the line, because I, I literally could be George Zimmerman. You know what I mean? Like, people think that that's, you know what I mean? Like, I see what he most likely saw that night. And we'll talk about that. I see that every day. I saw it the other night outside my crib when I, I personally had to get my gun, not because I wanted to be overzealous and follow somebody. I ain't chasing nobody. But I'm going to protect my family. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I was out in the streets around the same time. Did I see, you know, ignorant black 
these bastard kids out here walking around aimlessly? Absolutely. Acting crazy, acting suspicious, high on something. I saw it. I see it every day. Am I following them? Am I going to confront them? No, I'm not doing all that. You see, that's the that's the only difference, really. But do I but do I look at you know what I mean? Like, do I look at uh, somebody like Trayvon Martin and and, and not see? Or should I say, do I not see Trayvon Martin's out in the street every single day acting crazy? Absolutely. You know, a lot of people say, well, what do you mean by that, Jada? You know, what makes you say he was acting crazy? Well, exactly what happened was you got to realize is, you know, you can look at people, um, you know, and how they present themselves. Trayvon Martin called himself No Limit Nigga. Trayvon Martin, you watch his videos, you watch his, this stuff is all available, people, but they don't show it on there. But if you search, you know, you'll see some YouTube videos, uh, you'll see some, uh, you know, some Twitter, some Twitter conversations, You'll see some some different, uh, you know, just you, you see what type of life he lived, what he was into, the drugs, the drinking, like that stuff that he, you know, put out there. So, you know, when you when you, you know, drugs were found in his, and I'm not blaming him for anything, because again, it could have all and should have all been avoided. But when you live a certain type of lifestyle, when you have a certain type of mentality, you can hear on the phone. What's the chick? Rachel Gentile said specifically, "Why don't you just walk away?" He's or no, she said, "Why don't you run?" He said, no, I ain't running. I ain't running. You see what I'm saying? Why not? Oh, I, he was too cool to run. You see what I'm saying? I ain't too cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Somebody chasing me, you know, I'm, I'm going opposite direction. But that's neither here nor there. My point being, when George Zimmerman confronted Trayvon, most likely in a disrespectful, aggressive, overly aggressive manner, which was, again, 100% wrong and unnecessary. Who was there in Trayvon's life to say, Trayvon, you are being disrespected right now, but it's, it's not that serious. It might, hey, you got that one, homie. All right, George, I'm going to holler at you another time, man. You, you have a good night. And just walk away. Does anybody think Trayvon did that? Or did when he was disrespected and followed and even some may say stalked by George Zimmerman, does anybody think that he said, that he, I'm think, I think we can all use our imaginations as to what happened next. And we really don't even have to do it because I've seen it happen. You know, if you, again, if you're disrespected in the way that Trayvon was, you're going to want to do, do one of two things. Depending on the level of street, you, you know, you have in you, Nine times out of ten, you got something on you yourself, and y'all going to shoot it out like the Wild Wild West. That's what usually happens, right? If, you know, evidently, well, not evidently, obviously Trayvon, as they say, and this is no disrespect to him, but wasn't about that life. Because let's be honest, he was disrespected by George Zimmerman. He wasn't the one to be disrespected by some Cracker So he proceeded To beat George Zimmerman's ass Right I mean that's what happened He was beating He said look who you talking to And he, he, he stole him He socked him in the mouth And was on, on top of him Beating him up Slamming his head into the ground it, Everything would have went fine Only thing is he didn't know That George Zimmerman had a gun on him Forensic evidence shows George Zimmerman fired in an upward position 
shooting Trayvon through the heart. You see, that's what happened. Again, who was wrong there? Obviously, George Zimmerman was wrong. But the question is, and I, again, I go back to what my mom told me, do you want to be right or do you want to be dead? That's the, you got to see what I'm saying. We got to change the mentality. That's the only, we can sit around and put on hoodies to show our support for Trayvon. Or, God forbid, we can say, hey, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to wear suits. We're going to show ties. We're going to wear ties to show, hey, this is who we represent. Yeah, he had on a hoodie. Yeah, he was, that's how he was when he died. But, hey, you know what? You know, I'm going to be a, do it a little differently. See, guess what, guys? I wasn't allowed to wear hoodies growing up. Some people may say, wow, really? That's strict. You know, hey, and guess what? It was. But guess what? I just celebrated a 36th birthday in December. Okay? I wasn't aware, allowed to wear, you know, the Los Angeles Raiders starter jackets, you know, because that's what, the, you know, was commonly associated at, at the time when I grew up. With, with drug dealers, with thugs, with, you know, with criminals. That was the, the, the hood attire. So I wasn't allowed to wear those things. We weren't, that's just what it was, you know. We had to be better. I wasn't allowed to have beepers or, you know what I mean, stuff like that because that's what was commonly associated with drug dealers at the time. You know, there was a lot of things. We weren't even allowed to play with guns. I mean, you know, water guns, none of that. You no know, toy guns. I mean, I couldn't have that stuff. Super soakers, couldn't have that. Because they didn't want us to get into the, <clears throat> into that, you know, that mentality, you know. So all I'm saying is we, we can sit around as a community and, and talk about who was right or who was wrong. Trayvon was right that night. You see what I'm saying? But are there things that I can teach my unborn son, you know, you see what I'm saying, like, this is what you want to do. This is what you could do. This is what you're legally or, or, or whatever justified to do. If you do this, Al Sharpton will come out, you know what I'm saying, and defend you. But if you just want to go home, you know what I'm saying, and this is what you want to do. When, when you're disrespected, this is probably what – this is not what you have to do, but this is most likely the best way to handle the situation. If you're stopped – Unnecessarily by a racist cop Hey, this is what you need to My mom always told me She said, I, I remember, I never forget it She said, hey, you If you get stopped by a cop Any cop, white, black She said, look, you don't Mouth off to the cops She said, I don't care what the situation is she said, You don't mouth off to the cops Do nothing but say, yes officer No officer I see what you're saying, officer I apologize, officer it won't happen again, officer. That's what you, she said. That's what you say to the cops. She said, just keep it moving. Be as respectful as possible. I, she said, I don't care what the situation is because all they are trained. All they, and this is what most people don't understand. They don't understand police protocol, but that's a whole other story we'll talk about as we get into Michael Brown. But they are trained to not only look out for, but to anticipate aggression. Okay, that's what they they're trained for. They're trained to anticipate you being aggressive. So if they even see the slightest, you know, hint 
that you may become aggressive, even though you're not, that you may be, certainly if you are aggressive, they're taking you out. That's how they're trained, especially in today's society. But if they even think that you might become aggressive based on your tone, based on your body language, they are trained to be proactive in this situation, whatever that means. Some cops take that to, some cops are by the book. You know, my, my, my frat brother, my LB, you know, is a cop. I have a few good friends who are cops. They're obviously not overzealous. They're good cops. But at the same time, they've explained to me, hey, this is the training. So it just so happens, unfortunately, some cops take that training to another level. They're all trained the same way. It's just how do you take it? You, We as black people have to do our own training because they're trained to anticipate. we got to anticipate them anticipating us and taking it to the next level. That's why you got to be extra humble. Was it, I've never heard this discussed, but does anybody think that Trayvon was extra humble to George Zimmerman? I don't know, and you don't know for sure, Courtney, I don't know for sure, but just out of curiosity, just out of your opinion, do you think that when he was approached in a disrespectful and an aggressive manner, an overzealous manner by George Zimmerman, do you think he handled it in an, in an extra humble manner? No, I, I don't think so at all. Otherwise, it, it wouldn't have escalated like it did leading up to his death. All right. It, all right, that's that's what this is about. This Again, this I know this is so hard for the black community to wrap their minds around. It's because everybody wants to talk about what should have happened. Well, this is, he shouldn't, he, he should have listened to the dispatcher. He shouldn't have followed him. He should be allowed to walk around freely no matter what time of night it is. And all those things are true. But again, this is not about right or wrong. This is about life or death. That's that's it. And it's about what we are going to do to ensure that these kids, not even because you never ensure, but what are we going to do to to raise the, the possibility, raise the likelihood that our kids are coming home from the store that at, you know at that night, that that hour of the night. Now here's the thing that a lot of people don't talk about. I don't, you know, I don't want to, you know. I think we. I'll say this. A lot of they don't. I've never heard this discussed anywhere, and I had to do my own independent research. And I'll just encourage you all to do your independent research on it. You know, the reality is, you know, unfortunately Trayvon Martin was high that night. Okay, that again, drugs were found in his system. So I mean, that's he was high that night, which actually, and again, I'm not making excuses, but I am saying he was high that night. So we don't know what he was doing. But the, what, what, if you listen to the 911 call, you know, and this isn't tonight's show isn't about Trayvon, but this you'll see where I'm going with this. He was high that night, and you know, and most likely he was high already, but he was also going to get high again. Guys, don't if you don't know, there's a new drug out called Lean, and I was amazed by this when I read this. There's a new drug called I mean, Meek Mill raps about this. Rick Ross has rapped about this. Uh, I mean, this is, you know, if you listen to rap music or you're familiar with rap, I mean, you've, this is like the new. You know, at one point it was Molly. Everybody was rapping about Molly. Everyone now is talking about Lean. Well, I would just encourage everybody to to just Google. You know, what is the new drug Lean? What is that? What is Lean? And when you see what lean consists, are you familiar with lean? I've heard of it, but can you refresh my memory of what's in it? Well, 
<laughs> I'll give you a wild take take a wild guess, Courtney. What what do you think is in it? What what do you use to what what ingredients are used to you know, manufacture lean? Candy Skittles. What kind of what kind of candy? Skittles. 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 I'll tell you. This is a uh it says this is a recent um article about lean. It's, it says it's more than a drug. It's a culture. It's what's known on the street as lean, a highly addictive cocktail of cough syrup, cold medicine, alcohol, and candy, so potent that it makes you lean over when high. Huh. Now, it says alcohol and cold med- cough syrup, cold medicine, alcohol, and candy. You know, it, it, it's sweet. Now, now, candy. Now, I wonder what kind of candy... This is an ABC News report. What kind of candy is used to go into lean? What kind of juice, right, do you mix the cough syrup with? Watermelon, Arizona is very popular, as I'm, I'm told, by people who actually manufacture lean for their own personal use, and Skittles. So... And this is this is amazing. This is this article that I'm looking at right now was was and this is ABC News. The 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 author of you guys can Google this by Dana Hughes, okay, who who is a writer evidently for or a contributor to ABC News. Now this was again this is from 2006 from ABC News. An article on the drug lean. Now, my question to you is that you know all the the articles, all the news coverage, everything that we heard about this Trayvon Martin situation. You telling me that nobody put two and two together and said George George Zimmerman said this guy looks like he's on something. This guy looks like he's high. He's at, walking around acting all crazy, and it's some stuff I want to follow him. He looks like he's high, and no, and he had Skittles and what? Nobody and drugs were found. Nobody says, "Wow, this guy was 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 doing lean." How come nobody from ABC News they can put this story out in 2006, but nobody went back? To, I'm the only person in America that said, "Wow, Trayvon Martin was going to manufacture lean." I'm the only person in the world that that that, that even gives a damn to even be able to to say that. What what what's the deal with that, Courtney? That's funny, but, you know, I think I just feel like they wanted to spin the story a certain way. They wanted to make it like a black versus white thing, even though he's not white. But, you know, they wanted to portray it that way just to for the emotional appeal of it. Right. One of the things that I recently said on, on Facebook was never allow the media to dictate the issues that you're passionate about and take a stand for. I mean, that's what we have here nowadays, guys. I mean, we have, I mean, if you really want to become passionate about something, you don't need Michael Brown. You don't need Trayvon Martin. Just turn on your news. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you see something, like, we see black-on-black crime every day. We see people getting killed every single night. Every, excuse me, every single night somewhere somebody is killed, a black man is killed. Every single night in every single city, every single day, somewhere, a black man is killed. 
you don't need ABC News to make it a national story for you to jump on the bandwagon and become passionate about it. are Michael Browns laying face down in the street every day. You know what I mean? Like you don't we don't need Facebook. You don't you know what I'm saying? You can you can make your own you can that's what I do. That's what Courtney that's what people do. Like we if I'm passionate about something, you guys are gonna know. That it just so happens that things that I'm passionate about aren't national news. But that I still det- I determine what I'm passionate about. I determine what topics we talk about here on this show. Nobody else. That's what you can do. Don't don't rely on CNN to, to you know what I'm saying. Every, oh, Robin Williams died. Oh yeah, let's all you know what I'm saying. Let's all you know that's the news story of the, let's all become let's update our Facebook statuses about that. I mean, don't don't rely on them. If I want to talk about something, I'm going to talk about it. I'm not, I don't care what CNN wants to talk about. The blogs, want, I, I, I make my own news. That's what we all have to do. That's how we save our kids. That's how we make a difference. Don't wait for Al Sharpton to tell you what you should be passionate about. I don't need an Al Sharpton. I don't need Jesse Jackson. I don't need any of these people. We, we don't, none of us need any of these people. Okay. Let's talk about, you know, let's talk about this. This, the, I want to talk about the Michael Brown uh, situation, but I want to talk about really what happened after that, because this is, you know, what what the problem is here. You know, the problem is that any time when we don't get our way as a people, we 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 talk, we do things that are just very niggardly. And that is a word. That's an actual. That's one of my vocabulary words. Growing up, you know, in, in, in elementary school, actually, niggerly. Look it up in the dictionary. It's you know, it's acting a fool. You know what I'm saying? And what what did we do? So Michael Michael Brown gets killed. You know, we'll talk about that. But what happened after that? People start right. They decide they want to have a protest. Let's let's all meet. Let's rally. So then the the protest. Turned violent. They were hold on. Let me see what they're doing. Cause I I, I want to. They were. It said crowds had burned stores, vandalized vehicles, assaulted reporters, and taunted officers. Now, let, my question is, how is that any different from the very act that they were there? Protesting Is that not the epitome Of hypocrisy Courtney It is Can't You can't say okay We're being mistreated You know this is a, a tragedy But we go out and create other tragedies Us, Reporters were assaulted How does assaulting a reporter Have anything to do With the death of Michael Brown How is vandalizing A vehicle you're gonna do anything? How is and see this is where you know the, the niggardly aspect of things really becomes evident because when you have a protest, people don't really people really aren't about most people aren't really about positivity. See, Martin Luther King was about peaceful protests with the with the intent of of a positive change. But these kids out here, that's not what they're into. They were out there. For violent protest, to with with, a ne- with the intent of getting a negative result, which is really turned out to be looting. 
You know what I'm saying? Like when you break into a store, I could even see if you hey say, look, you know what? We don't like the laws in this city. We don't like the legal system. The legal system let us down, so we're going to vandalize city. This would still be horrible and stupid and ridiculous, but at least I could understand it a little bit better. Hey, we're going to vandalize city hall where they make the laws. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna just do that. But that's not what they did. They said, "Hey, look, I want some free, <laughs> some free stuff." You know what I mean? I want to be a nigger, and I want I want some free stuff. I want to get some free some chips. I want to get so I want I could use a new flat screen. So I'm gonna break into Walmart. I'm gonna break into Target. I'm gonna break into some of these you know convenience stores. These these business owners. See, I'm a business owner. I take exception to that. I'm a business owner just like the rest of these guys. I'm, you know what I mean? Whether it's the Asians, the Koreans, the blacks, you know what I'm saying? Whoever, I'm a business owner. So, you you know, somebody gets killed and you, you want to steal from me? You want to rob me? I, I'm black. You see what I'm saying? Like, back in the day, you know, this has been going on for years. They They would put signs in the stores, black-owned business. Why do you have to do that? Why do you have to specify black-owned? Oh, does it make a difference? What did that white business owner do to you? You want some free stuff. What does some free stuff have to do with Michael Brown? So what happens is, you know, that takes away from the, the sympathy. At that point, you're now a criminal just like the people that you claim to be protesting against. And that's the issue that I have. See, back in the day, when you look at Malcolm X, they weren't there rioting. They weren't there. They were there protesting, but they were not there looking for some free stuff. They weren't there looking for a free flat screen, some Frito Lays. They were there to make a statement. They were there for a show of unity, a show of power, you know, and a show of discipline. That's because they had positive leaders. Where are the black leaders now? Where are the leaders that are going to say this is how you need to act. This is how you're going to act if you want to represent us. Now we got these, these you know, these black bastards, you know, these these, these uh, ambulance chasers, these, you know, these, these camera hogs who just don't care where the crowd comes from or what they're there for as long as they're there. And that's what we have to get away from. There's no order. There's no discipline. You know what I mean? Nobody cares enough to lay down their life to make a statement. See, Martin Luther King, he had no problem doing that. Malcolm X had no problem doing that. You know what I mean? Now, you know, things get tough. Things go a little, little haywire. You know, Al Sharpton, he's down with, he's down with them. You know what I'm saying? Jesse Jackson works for them. These guys are on the payroll. They just show up when, when you know, when the time is right. These guys aren't really independent. You know, that Rainbow Coalition, I mean, you know, do some research on this stuff, man. These guys, you know, Al Sharpton works for Obama. You know what I'm saying? He, you know, since when do the black leaders, you know, side with the oppressors? I'm just asking. I mean, at what point, what what part of the game is that? You know what I mean? If, if, if they're protesting in favor of the government in which we are being oppressed by, which, you know, the legal system that's oppressing us, I mean, then who's for us? You ever, you ever thought about that, Courtney? 
Yeah, it's like it's just one big joke, you know, and they try to make it seem like I'm talking about, you know, Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson. They want to make it seem like they're down for the causes, but they're just really selfish, you know, they're getting something out of it. I mean, that's like, that's like, I mean, literally, that's the equivalent of, of say, you know, Martin Luther King. I mean, going to meet. I mean, just line, having done, uh, dinner and lunch with 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 the government. You don't see that stuff, you know. Ronald Reagan, you know. Let's just sit down and meet with, you know, in, in politics with our quote unquote black leaders. Uh, you know, Nixon. Uh, you know, George Bush. You didn't see them, buddy, buddy. Obama represents the oppressors. It's a different face, but the office is the same. Pre, you know, presidents come and go, but the office ain't. The role of the president is, you know, is what it's always been. That ain't Obama's no different than Bush. He's got the same agenda. You know, uh, uh, 2008. I'm gonna end this war. This is an unnecessary war. Iraq. You know, I'm gonna bring our troops home within the next 13 months. Right? You guys been watching the news? We just we just sent more troops over there. Troops ain't never left. It was never part of the plan. You know what I mean? There's always going to be a reason if they seek it. We we literally just bomb. I mean, I know what's going on. I, I get it. I mean, but it's all BS, guys. It's all a per. You know, war is big business, as we talk about. This is not. You know what I mean? There's always a reason to go to war. There, you know what I'm saying? If you want to go to war, and 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 they, and they do. You know what I mean? There's always a reason to go. The question is, you know, we need someone who gets in there and says, hey, look, I'm going to go against the grain. You know, I'm going to bring our troops home. But then, as we all know, that's when you get JFK shot in the head. You know what I'm saying? That's what happens when you go against the grain. Abe Lincoln, ask good old Abe Lincoln what happens when you go against what's popular in gov- within the government. Right? That's what happens. Obama ain't, you know, he ain't trusty. Guys, it's just cool. He ain't going nowhere. You know, he's not going to, you know, he's straight. You know, because why? Because he hasn't really changed anything. In fact, he's continued along the same lines as George Bush. And I'll tell you, and I don't know what's going on, but I'll tell you something. You know, I was I was watching last week. If you guys looked with this whole, the recent bombings, you look at, um, you know, his approval rating. You look at, I mean, this, there was this whole impeachment talk. There was this whole, I mean, things were, I mean, I'm talking about last week. I don't, I'm not saying anything. But I'm just saying, if you've been following the news, you know, stuff was getting pretty, pretty intense for good old Barry for for a hot second, you know, late last week. And you know, next thing you know, you know, I ain't heard nothing about. You know, Obama. What's today? Wednesday. What's the last thing? I mean, you don't really hear. You see what over the last couple of days? What's happened, Courtney? No. I I'm just heard saying. Anything. You haven't heard anything. Things calm down. You got Robin Williams. You know. You know, Michael. Michael. Uh, Michael Brown. Again, I'm not. You know what I'm saying maybe. Hey, maybe it's just good timing. For Obama, for the you know what I'm saying we're just right on the cusp of of war. You know, last time this happened, you know, this whole Malaysia thing happened. Now, you know, Robin Williams. I don't know. Maybe 
know, knock on wood. Maybe you know what I'm saying? <laughs> maybe they're just lucky. You know, maybe, maybe not though. Let's talk about the Michael Brown situation though. Let's just talk about, you know, what happened. You know, as and I've I've been you know doing a little bit of research, you know, because I want to I don't want to just you know read CNN or watch CNN or you know anything like that. I actually wanted to familiarize myself with what happened based on um, the eyewitness report of his friend. I don't know if you guys saw the, the actual interview of his best friend telling the story of you know his recollection of what happened. Um, basically, if you guys aren't familiar, he was walking. They were walking down the street or walking, well, I believe, in the street. You know, cop car pulls up, most like you know, for no reason, same type of thing. No, you know, no reason, no, no real cause, but just you know, just be you know, bastards. The cops roll up, you know, get get off the street, get out the street, get onto the sidewalk. And I guess the dude was saying that, you know, we're we're like literally right, you know, toward at our destination, and you know, I guess that's what he says happened. You know what I'm saying? But I don't believe. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't know. I'm just gonna say that. I don't know what happened. But again, based on what I know about how much of our youth are, are trained or really not trained to deal with authority or deal with aggression, you know, I can't really, I, you know, I know how I probably would have handled it, how I have handled it in the past. I don't know. I don't know if they handled it the way my mom would have told me to handle it. I can't say they did. I can't say they didn't. I don't know. I, you know what I'm saying? I, and I think that that's unfortunate. Because even though clearly, you know, those cops had some some type of chip on their shoulder, some type of, you know, some type of uh, power. Cause that's how they are, man. They're bastards. Most of these cops. I'm, I get it. I don't. I'm no friend of the cops, you know, by any means. In fact, a lot of black cops are worse than, than the white cops for real, as far as power and how they treat their own people. So I get it. But you know what I what the cops are saying what. I would not be surprised to learn if this is what was revealed that, you know, was actually what what happened. You know, they say, hey, get on the side. Oh, who the F you think you're talking to? I ain't got to move. You know, and, and he said, oh, you ain't got to what? They sped up, foot on the gas pedal. Try to, I guess he tried to grip him up, try to pull him into the car, some some kind of weird stuff, which doesn't even make sense for real, for real. But there was some type of, there was some type of altercation. You know, and unfortunately, those cops, they say, this is what they say. Who knows if they're lying? Who knows if this is actually what happened? They say he went for his gun. The whole story just seems stupid to me. I don't believe, I just don't know. You see, like, you see, I can't even, I can't, it seems stupid, but I can't rule it out. It's just an unfortunate situation that, you know, I if I'll put it like this, if you know they were approached in an aggressive, in a you know racist manner, my I know I can only say how I would handle it. You got it. My bad. I'll get on the street. My fault. Sorry, I'm in your way. I'll you know you have a good day, sir. And just got you know what I'm saying just just whatever got off the street. Do I believe that's what happened? I don't. I don't believe that's what. Happened. You know, should you is that a is that a reason is that a justification for you know brutal force? I mean, absolutely not. But again, tonight's show isn't you know Michael Brown right or wrong, justified or 
you know, that's not what this, this is about saving our kids, protecting our kids. How can we avoid these types of situations from happening? You know, do I do I think that more facts will be revealed? Do I believe that you know, uh there are, you know, there is some type of video out there? Absolutely. You know, as far as I know, all cop cars have that video at this point. So I believe, I mean, there's some video, I believe something, you know, somebody knows something, you know, but I think that, I'll be honest with you, I, I have a whole nother, you know, theory about this that I'll probably keep to myself until, you know, for a little while, but I just say like this, it's an unfortunate situation, and I would just encourage us all, if you know, like I have a, a 11-year-old nephew, you know what I'm saying, I would encourage us all just to talk to, talk to the youth. You know, tell them how to handle those types of situations. It, you know, it, not how the the streets tell them to handle the situations. Not to, not how, you know what I mean. You, you know, you might want to handle the situation, but what's the best way to handle the situation to avoid a tragedy? What do you think about that, Courtney? Yeah, I agree um, with that. You know, it's the best way is to, you know, walk away and, and try to handle it in, you know, a very non-confrontational manner because his friend's recollection of, you know, his account of what happened, it's a lot of loose ends. And so it's a lot of stuff we don't know. Like you were saying, we don't know how Michael Brown, Brown responded to the police officer. We also don't know, you know, what happened to make the police shoot him like, not only once, but then to come back after that multiple times and, you know, finally the fatal shot, what happened in those moments, we we don't know. And so, like you said, that's why we have to educate the children on how to handle the situation correctly so it doesn't even escalate. Right. This this whole thing is BS. I just want to say something. And, and it me even, look at me, I'm I'm no better. Look at, the, if you look at the, the Trayvon Martin picture, you know, this dude, I mean, this Trayvon Martin did that. You look at that picture of him looking like a little, you know, ten-year-old or something. No facial hair, you know. I mean, it's, it's actually ridiculous. Red shirt, that face, that that image is just plastered in everybody, everybody's minds. That is not how he looked when he died. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want people to just stop it. It's not how he looked. Michael Brown. Okay, the image that they that I even use, the image that, you know, if you Google Michael Brown right now, the image that pops up, he looks a lot younger than what he actually was. Have you have you have you noticed that? Yeah, they always do that. They use like a second grade picture. Like it's crazy. We we gotta stop. You know what I mean? We gotta stop with the foolishness. Like Trayvon Martin, that's why I posted when I did that show on him, I did the, the, the you know, the show, I used the, the actual image that he put out there on Twitter, the, the, the gold teeth, the, the middle finger up, the, you know, he, the, the, the more grown man features, so to speak. Like, I'm not going to use, a, you know, a picture from like five years ago when that's not how he looked, you know. And all I'm saying is we we just got to like this picture that's floating around this picture of him with the uh the headphones on Michael Brown no facial hair then you look at the actual way he looked that's not how he looked he's a grown man so i mean i was watching the interview with his father and he was saying no justice no peace you know 
Did you hear that? You see that interview? No, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, he was basically saying, you know, no, just I mean, I, I get his, you know, his, you know, his anger, his his emotion, but I mean, that's not the right image to give to these. To, to give to the people, you know, we can't we can't say no justice, no peace. I mean, that's what does that mean? You know, more lives are going to be lost. You know, one of the things, another thing, you know, it's all it's all based on the media. It's all media bias. I took a class on media ethics, and um, you know, I was a communications major in school, and um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that the media does to influence us as consumers as you know, um, just, you know, to bring about emotions, you know, what, what they want. Like, you don't even see, you know, you, they're not allowed to show dead bodies of American soldiers. You, it's, it's a law. It's a law. You're not allowed. You, no one has ever seen a dead American soldier reported on the news. Out of all the deaths in Iraq, you never see a dead soldier. But they'll show you Michael Brown laying face down. They'll show you a dead Iraqi soldier. They'll show you all types of stuff, but they won't show you in America. It's all that's what I'm saying. The government controls the media. If you start seeing a dead American soldiers, that's going to influence public opinion, and nobody's going to support. I mean, they already don't support the war, but there's going to be more outrage about this war and what we're doing over there, which would be bad for business. You know, so so that's just one of many. That's like I said, I took a whole, you know, four years on this stuff. Like, there's so many different regulations and, you know, um, just regulations that the government has put in place so that they can appropriately influence the people and, and the emotions of people. That's what they do. A lot of people are, there's a lot of outrage against, oh, just one more thing about that. Have you noticed, Courtney, everyone, whenever you hear about it, they're trying to bring up that emotion by saying an unarmed teenager. You ever heard that? Everything is un. He was unarmed. Yeah, that was like the first thing I heard. The phrase that came to my mind when I thought of him. Yeah. Right. See, th- this is the thing, and I'm not. I just like like to break stuff down from again from a legal perspective. You know, you. It, it doesn't matter. From put it like this. If you are a, you know, like if there's a confrontation amongst two individuals, like Trayvon Martin, for perfect example, Trayvon Martin was unarmed, but that doesn't matter. If you got, and we did this on that show, I would encourage you to listen to that show where we discussed the verdict from a legal perspective. But I'll just use him as an example. The media, it, it, you know, really used the fact that he was unarmed as a selling point to bring out this negative emotion from the community. But the fact that legally, that that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like Trayvon Martin assaulted George Zimmerman and proceeded to pummel his head into the ground. Now, it, the you know, based on the law, you know, if you, and this is just how the law works as far as staying your ground, and just really self-defense, if you have reasonable cause to believe that your life is in danger, you are allowed to use deadly force. That's that's just that's how the law works. So, you know, if you are on you know, someone is on top of you, 
pounding your head into the ground and you have, you know, scars on your the back of your head to substantiate that, you know, and you shoot somebody from an upward, you know, position, technically that, you know, you do have, you know, reasonable cause to believe that your life would be in danger. I mean, your head is being pounded into the ground. You could get a fractured skull. So that is reasonable. You have every right to defend yourself. That's what the law says. But no one from a media standpoint was putting that out there. What they chose to focus on the fact that he was unarmed, where legally him being unarmed, you know, really has nothing to do with it. It has to do with, okay, the question was not whether or not he had a gun, because you don't need a gun to put someone's life in danger. The question was, and really the whole basis of the trial hinged upon, did George Zimmerman have reasonable cause to believe that his life was in danger at the time when he pulled the trigger? You know, Trayvon Martin was on. And that's really the question. If he had reasonable cause to believe that, then, you know, not guilty. If he had no cause to believe, then then obviously that he would have been guilty of most likely second-degree murder or manslaughter. But because, the you know, forensic evidence, because of the, you know, non-existence of eyewitnesses, because of a number of factors, that's why the jury had to come back with the not guilty verdict. So I'm just saying, I mean, that that is what it is, but I'm just saying from a media standpoint, you got to look at those facts and be like, wow, I wonder why they never focused more on the fact that he was, in fact, high, which substantiated George Zimmerman's claim that he was out in the street acting crazy. And I wonder why, you know, nobody talked about, you know, any of this stuff that we're talking about tonight. You know, I mean, have you have you ever really given that some serious thought about how the media manipulates the truth in many many cases? Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy how they do it because, like you were saying, like they'll you know switch the story up or flip it so that you know you blame the other person and making it a, a black versus white thing, and it's no longer just about that case or that situation anymore. And it's done intentionally, like, the way they do it because it's like a domino effect because the people, you know, they, they get emotional about it. That causes how they handle themselves in their respective communities. So now you have violence going on in their communities, and it's just getting violence is getting worse and worse and worse, and now people are, you know, behind bars for life. It's just, it, you know, it's just crazy. It's, it's connected in so many ways. And so now since these black men are behind bars, now you don't have fathers to raise their children, and now these children are repeating the same things that their parents did. Right. And then it just basically perpetuates the problem. You know, no, no fathers, dad in jail, kids are left to be raised by a single mom. Seventy percent of black kids are raised in single-parent households, that's a problem. You know, we as a society should be rioting about that. We should be protesting that. You know what I'm saying? Like dads running out on their families, you know, moms, you know, out here in the streets dressing like hoes, you know, people looking at people like Beyonce and Nicki Minaj to be role models for their kids. You know, I mean, that's that's a, that's a horrible. That's horrible. My mom, if, I, if Beyonce was around when I was a, a little kid, my sister would not have been allowed to listen to that. I would not have been allowed to listen to that. We weren't allowed to listen to anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, But now these kids, I told you all the other night, no flex zone. No flex. Like, what the hell? What, what is no flex zone? Like, what? why Why are 10-year-old kids singing this? Where are the parents? But the, the problem is the parents are at the concert. 
So again, as we get back to saving our kids, this is seen, this is what's unpopular. People tune in tonight because they want to hear what can we do to fight the system. What can we do to protest the authority? But see, nobody wants to talk about what can we do amongst ourselves. What can we do to save ourselves? You know, we can't rely on somebody else to you know to fix a problem that's been in existence for decades. You know, in fact, I said police really aren't the problem. You know what I'm saying? The problem is ignorant blacks and racist cops combined with racist cops. But police in and of themselves are not the problem. You see what I'm saying? You got niggas combined with racists. All cops aren't racist and all blacks aren't niggas. You see, what I'm you see how that works? So if you if you take out the niggas and you change the mentality of these ignorant niggas that were outside my crib, you know, the other night at midnight acting a fool, you take away those kids, but, but let one of them kids get shot, then it's a problem. You know, I've been in places where I've been woken up out of my sleep with people trying to fight and acting, cussing each other out. You you got no act like you don't got neighbors that that you woken up out to sleep and you run over to the window four o'clock in the morning just to see what's going on. Don't don't lie, Corey. You've done it. Am I am I lying? No, on, I Corey. remember one time. Yeah, I must. Have, yeah, real quick. I remember waking up one night to um, this couple arguing like outside just over some foolishness. It was crazy. He was cheating on her, and it was just you know just back and forth. Yeah. I don't care where you live. I don't care what your story is. We all have done it. <laughs> we all got niggerly tendencies. Don't get it twisted. Uh, shoot, I mean, hey, we're all going to do it. We're all going to look. But that we've all seen it. We've all seen it at 12 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, turn off the lights, turn off the lights, turn off the lights. Oh, oh, they about to fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You turn it off the lights, crouching down, peeking out the blinds so nobody sees you. <laughs> Hey, we all do it, but that's but that's that's what I'm saying though. It's not about how we what we were looking at. It's about the fact that it was happening. But see, when, but when one of those situations goes, you know, left, you know, what I mean, or or you involve a racist cop in an already bad situation. I was talking to, uh, talking to my my cop friends. He was like, "Look, you know, a lot of this stuff that people call racial profiling." It's not racial profiling, it's common sense. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're a cop who's literally, you know, been on the on the force for, tw- you know, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and you're trained to spot, you know, guns, you know, you know, illegal guns being, you know, carried. If you're trained to spot drug deals going down, if you're like that's what you're trained to observe, you, you know you know what to look for, and you see that like you know certain gang colors, you know, you know like stuff that I don't even know, but as a cop you're trained to look at white, black, Chinese, whatever you are, and you see that, and you follow that person. I've had black cop friends tell me they look that you're you're so that's what you're supposed to do. So a lot of people think that's racist. A lot of people think that's oh you know you. No, there's cop follow me. That's what they're supposed to do. 
They're supposed to stop crime. If you see a crime being, you know, about to take place or has the potential to take place, you're supposed to follow them. You follow at a safe distance so you can observe the situation. That's police protocol. That's what they're supposed to do. Like, oh, yeah, he was racist. He followed me. Well, no, I mean, if you were doing something, and, again, I'm not making excuses. I'm just explaining so people understand. Again, this isn't white cop stuff. This is a black cop telling me this is what he has is trained to do and does. You know what I mean? Someone I grew up with. Like, look, if you see something that's consistent with an illegal crime, whether you are, Ill, and, you know, if you are a criminal or not, if you are doing something that's consistent with what they've seen over the last 10 or 15 years, that's consistent with illegal activity, you can't fault them for doing their job. But what you can do is familiarize yourself with their job and what they are used to seeing from actual criminals. Don't blame the cops. And, you know, again, in some cases, yeah, you got racist cops who take it to another level. But don't just blame cops for doing their job. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, because it's in that instance, you know, it's not politically correct. But if it's if it's consistent with with criminal behavior, you can't you can't fault them for that. That's why I couldn't be a cop because I know what 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 they have to do. You know, I mean, the reality is most blacks out here in the streets at the time of hour at the, you know at this time of hour, unfortunately, are criminals. We can sit here and debate that. Oh, now what do you mean? No, 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 no. They are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like let's let's keep it real. You know, good, law-abiding citizens, you know, typically are not roaming the streets. They're darn sure not standing on corners at 11 o'clock at night. And if they are, 90%, not 100%, but more often than not, they are up to no good. You guys know it, and I know. We're not, you know, we're not stupid, you know, we're not idiots, you know, we, we know a drug dealer when we see one. We know a hustler. We know what it is, but a lot of times we choose to ignore it. Just like you and I know a nigga when you see one, you know, so do these cops. You know what I mean? Even more so than us. They're not just like we're, you're not stupid, I'm not stupid, Courtney's not stupid, these cops aren't stupid either. So what again, again this isn't we can sit here and go back and forth about who's right, the cops are right or the cops are wrong or you know what I'm saying? We could do that. Or we could save our kids, you know, by educating them on, hey, this is this is you know, this might seem to be too much like common sense, but let's just not be niggas. Let's widen the gap, you know, between the people who are obviously committing criminal acts, and, and you, so that there's no thought. That's what my mom used to tell me. She, hey, she said, I don't even want there to be any doubt whatsoever that you are into that stuff. So you're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. You're not going to go there. You're not going to be out at this time of night. You're not going to wear these clothes. There will be no doubt, and there is no doubt. You see what I'm saying? You will talk a certain way. You will carry yourself a certain type of way because you have to be better. That's what we need to instill into these kids. Nobody's doing it. And as long as nobody is doing it, it's not right. But we're going to see more fatal shootings, you know, because these kids, they don't want to be punked. 
They don't. They want to mouth off to these cops. You're going to see more black on black crime because people don't. Want, you know, they get their shoes stepped on. Nobody wants to say sorry. Nobody wants to humble. Nobody wants to feel played. So, you know, I'm going to lose my life over not wanting to apologize. I've seen it all. And we have to change the perception. This isn't about right or wrong, guys. This isn't about black or white. This is about saving our kids and changing the pattern. And that's honestly, I mean, like I said, we, we, we're here to talk about Michael Brown, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's just, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. It's an unfortunate situation, you know. And I know cops. I mean, and, and again, it's no excuse. It's no excuse for that behavior because if the facts come out, and I hope the facts do come out, I hope this does. This is not one of those situations that gets swept, you know, swept under the rug. We, you know, we talk about it for two weeks. Next thing you know, it's back to whatever. I hope it's not that. I hope these cops, if you know, it turns out that you know, it, it was it was a a senseless, which it appears to be. Then I hope they go to jail. I hope they, you know, what I'm saying, get whatever's coming to them. But at the end of the day, we, you know, I want to avoid those situations. And I believe all, a lot of these situations are avoidable. What I, in fact, one of the things I want to do, because that's really all I wanted to say about that, to be honest with you, you know, and I think we've covered most of the stuff. But with anything that we talk about here on this show, I want to talk about it from a biblical perspective, because the reality is a lot of people are upset right now. You know, a lot of people are, are sad, a lot of people are mad, they're angry. You know, there's, a, there's been a loss of life. You know, but what, what does the word say? What is you know, at the end of the day? You know, we want to talk about solutions. We want to talk about that. But you know, really, what we what we're here for is to talk about things from a biblical perspective. Talk about you know what God says about death, what God says about tragedy. And you know, I was searching for some some applicable scriptures or some you know some scriptures that I could you know relate to what people are feeling to try to ease the tension, ease the pain. And uh, you know, I came across John fourteen one through three which says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In the Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. Okay. And I would just like to, I love, I love that scripture because it's it's reassuring, you know, because it it gives us hope. It 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 helps to build faith when we say, hey, look, you know, yes, this happened, you know, but you know, one, your heart doesn't have to be troubled. You don't have to be sad. You don't have to be mad. But you do believe in God, you know, and 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 you know, we all we're all going to die one day. But the good news is that. When you do die, you know, there will be a place for us. And when you die, when you believe in God, there will be a place for us. When you become his child, there will be that place for you. Is that not reassuring to you, Courtney? It is. It is. You know what I mean? Like that's something that, that is special. That's something that, that we can take, um, you know, solace in. Another one that I came across was Daniel 12, uh, 2. Which says, says, um, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, 
some to everlasting life. And some, I'm going to post this on Facebook. This is crazy right here. And some to shame and everlasting contempt. Wow. Is that not is that not deep? That is. I don't think I've heard that one before. Yeah, that, I, I, yeah that's crazy right there. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake. Basically, you know, in a nutshell, again, we're all going to die. You know what I mean? The only difference is some, when we wake up, it's going to be the eternal life, and others, it's going to be the eternal shame and contempt, basically hell. So you have a choice. And so I would just say, you know, with anything, you know, make that decision. You know what I mean? Like really make that decision as far as, you know, which 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 you are going to, what's your future going to hold. You know. This is this is deep, man. I know. Uh, I mean, I'm done. That's it. I want to. I want. You know, we're not gonna be here all night tonight. But you know, I I know a lot of people tuned in specifically to hear what we were gonna be talking about tonight. Um, in fact, the young woman. Uh, shout out to Yolanda. I don't know if she's a new listener. She says it's almost time for the Dayton Tolbert show. See y'all in a minute. Going to listen to him discuss the, the shooting of Michael Brown. I appreciate her for listening, and the rest of you guys for listening, and for updating her status on that. Um, I see them. I, I see them all. I try to comment when I can, but um, I appreciate that. But the reality is, I know this is not. You know, I don't think it's a. I mean, I don't. I don't think I've said. I don't hear anybody calling in to cuss me out. You know what I mean? I don't hear anybody protesting or you know saying I'm saying anything crazy. You know, because I don't think that I was. But at the same time, I know this was not a politically correct show. This was not what most people wanted to hear, but it's what people need to hear because, again, I'm not about the talk. Yes, I'm a talk show host. I've been doing this for a minute, but I'm not about the just the talking. I'm about action. I'm about doing things. I'm about making things happen. You know what I'm saying? And, or, and so if we want to save – because I could have just put, okay, Michael, we're going to be talking about Michael Brown call in or let's just talk about Michael Brown invent. This isn't about Michael Brown. Just like it wasn't about Trayvon Martin two years ago. But if you listen to that show, and then you listen to this show, I mean, like, really, do that. Like, if you listen tonight, go back and listen to the Trayvon Martin show. Go back and listen to the George Zimmerman show. It's all, they're almost identical shows. Not to repeat myself, but have I not said a lot of the same exact things, Courtney, that I said two years ago when I talked about Trayvon Martin? Were these not almost identical shows? Yeah, they were. I had to stop myself because I I literally found myself saying a lot of the same things and talking about some of the same topics. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, go back and listen. And the thing about it is, is I will continue talking about this stuff from the perspective because that's the way that we're going to see change. You're not going to see change just by right or wrong. Right or wrong doesn't help anybody. But if we want to save our kids, if we want to stop these deaths, we got to start talking about our role. We got to take responsibility. We got to take accountability. You know, what could we have done? Not what should we have done, but not what we were justified in doing or not doing, but what's going to prevent these tragedies? What we talked about tonight, understand, is the only thing that will prevent these tragedies. Anything outside of what you heard tonight, be clear, regarding our youth, will we'll, we'll explain these tragedies, and we can argue about these tragedies, and we can vent about these tragedies, but only the things talked about on tonight's show 
will prevent these tragedies. The only thing to talk about today will will help save our children from these tragedies. Any last words of wisdom that you want to leave with the people? Because we're out of here, man. I ain't got nothing else to say. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I know that, you know, a lot of our hearts are heavy because of this tragedy, but at the same time there are lessons, you know, to be learned from this. And, you know, it's hard for us just as a race, especially for our black men. So, you know, we really have to do what we can And as parents, although I'm not a parent, I mean, once I become one, and especially if I have a boy and a girl, I, I'm going to make sure that they know how to handle themselves, you know, and just know that you don't always have to fight. You don't always have to feel like you have to prove something. Just like you saying, you were taught, it's okay to walk away. So, um, yeah. Just I'll, tell you, I'll tell you all something. I, you know, I've maybe told this story one time, and a lot of people may you know, hear this story and be like, you know, and that story I told you earlier this, that, about the, the the situation where God was like, yo, y'all in danger. That, that was real. That really just happened, you know, like like a month ago. Um, and it was a scary situation. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm no Superman. I'm not no tough guy. You know what I mean? I, I'll say, hey, look, wow, I was, I was a little shook there. You know what I'm saying? You got I me. Mean, somebody tell you, look you right in your eyes, say, look, you know, you say one thing, like you know him. You know, if I would have been like, yeah, that's my man, anyway, blah, 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 you know, that's that. It's okay to walk away. Another situation that comes, uh, comes to mind, I, I think back, a situation from years ago, maybe even maybe even 10 years ago, I was at the, you know, just a regular pickup game. And, we, you know, guys, man, we, we you know, we talk trash. We talk a lot of trash on the, on a basketball court. And there was this guy. We just going back and forth, man. A lot of trash talking, even maybe some disrespectful stuff said. And you know, we got into it when you know at that point, and he swung on me, like just in the middle of the like. I think I went for a steal and went try to steal the ball. He like just swung, I'm like yo, what the? Yeah, and he didn't kind of like grazed me. It wasn't like he he just kind of swung wildly, and like you know what I'm saying. I had to, like the the Floyd Mayweather reaction, like whoa, you know what I'm saying? Like you know what I'm saying, real quick with it. But if I wasn't you know, as quick as I was, or you know what I'm saying? He could have just caught me. I'm like, so it was, and I'll tell you how I handled it, but I'll tell you why I handled it the way I did. The way it was set up was where we were, there were a lot of thugs there. You know, I know for, there were a lot of gym bags there. If you guys catch my drift, all right? A lot of, a lot of gym bags laying around, a lot of things in those gym bags potentially, and even most likely, and I knew that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know the deal. I know who I'm, where I go. I know where I am. I know who I, what kind of guys I was playing with. And um, I knew who I, who I was with, you know what I'm saying? I was no punk. My homies, you know what I'm saying? We, you know, not from the streets necessarily, but, you know what I'm saying? We, no, no punks, you know. And so instead of, and so when that happened, I had a split second to decide what I was going to do. And I, it was, you ever, like, see your life flash before your eyes or, like, like it was weird. Like things were going in slow motion because I, I saw what actually ended up happening, but then I saw what could have happened. And what could have happened was he swung on me, I swung on him. You know, we just me and him start going at it. But then you know his friends, everybody, oh, they rushed. You know what I'm saying? They rushed into the fight. Somebody sucker punches me. One of my homies sucker punches him. And now it's one big brawl. We're all you know what I'm saying going at it. 
Next thing you know, because fight. See, what you gotta realize is nowadays fights don't end. They never end. And that's but you know when you're from the streets, you know that, or when you're familiar with the streets, you know that. You know what I'm saying? But when you're not from the streets, you don't really understand it. To, but I understand it. I I get that. Fights don't end. They used to, but they don't anymore. Because so what? So what would have happened? What I mean by that is they don't end. Meaning, you know, you fight, somebody gets a gun, somebody gets shot, then whoever was on the opposite side, opposite side, they shoot somebody, and then that person comes back and shoots you. It's like boys in the hood. You know, their homie got killed. Ice Cube and went and get, you know, shot him, shot their people up. But then, Courtney, at the end of the movie, what happened to Ice Cube? Oh uh, yeah, he he got killed too. Right. Ice Cube got killed. But here's the thing. Who didn't get killed? Oh, um, what's his name? Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. He he went he went down to Morehouse and married his his sweetheart. You see that? But see but here's the thing. Why didn't he get killed? Because he got out the car. You see what I'm saying? He got he he chose to take a bad situation and walk away from it. Now, I was listening to a Rick Ross song recently, and there's a song where he has, it's on a mixtape, and he has, uh, he plays that, he plays that, you know, the slow music, uh, you know, don't, don't worry about my singing, but, you know, he plays that scene where Trey is like, yo, hey, yo, Doe, let me out, let me out, Doe, yo, he act like yo, hey yo, Doe, let me out. You see, he, he says, "Let me out the car." So he pulls over, lets him out the car because he wanted no parts of that. And that, guys, is what we have to teach our kids. Because that split second decision, "Let me out the car," it's not politically correct. Rick Ross will make a song playing you. You see what I'm saying? Because it wasn't just saying, "Oh yeah, that was great." He was making a song saying. You know what I'm saying? That, uh, he was a punk. You know, making light of it, making it seem like Trey was a punk. You know what I'm saying? For for for, for getting out the car. You know, Meek Mills has a song says, "Never ever will you ever hear me bitching like old dog." Referring to the end of the movie when old dog is crying, mourning his, you know, the loss of you know his his friend. That's amazing. Your friend just gets killed. And he says, "Never ever will you ever hear me bitching." So you, when you when you care, when you have feelings, you're considered bitching. You're a punk because you have feelings. You're a punk because you're Trey who walk, who gets out of the car. I was a punk because somebody swung on me, and instead of swinging back, I chose to walk away. And at, not only that, we continue playing the game, and we end up winning the game. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The guy... I mean, and we—it wasn't anything major that day, but I remember seeing the guy. And shout out to him if he's listening, you know, who actually apologized to me. Maybe even like a year or two later, I ran into him at a club. We were both getting our grind on, you know, up on some some nice, beautiful women. And I ran into him. He's like, "Yo, what's up, man?" And we had a nice little guy moment. He's like, "Yo, man, my bad about that stuff from back in the day, man. I was tripping that day." I said, "Look, man, it's cool." You know what I mean? But that was, you see what I'm saying? Like that, and that was nothing. I mean, he knew he was wrong, and you know what I'm saying? We we had a nice little moment, you know, as we partook in the festivities of the club that night. So 
that was a lot better than the alternative. Brawling in 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 a, in a gym somewhere, people getting locked up, people getting killed, having a see see. I was able to run into him. You know what I'm saying that day, and we were able to have a nice little laugh, nice little fellowship. You know, but a lot of guys out here, they have to watch their back for the rest of their lives. They can't go certain places because they run into that guy from back in the day that they, quote, unquote, had beef with. They end up running down the alley like Ricky and Boys in the Hood because of what? Somebody staring at you, saying something stupid to you, disrespecting you. Now you can't go somewhere you can never go back there. You can never see. I can go anywhere I want to. You see what I'm saying? I don't have to be have that feeling in the in the pit of my. Soul. I'll tell you one more story. I can. You see what I'm saying? That that's a that's a certain freedom. I tell you. I told you another story a long time ago. But when I was in banking, I was in banking, and uh, you know this guy comes. I'm in the office. You know, I opened up the checking accounts, did the mortgages and all that stuff. I'm like in the back office. You know what I'm saying, chilling, and this guy comes in, you know, typical thug dude, you know, tatted out, dicky, dicky suit, dicky outfit on, uh, you know, tats all over his body, and he you know, comes in, and he says, uh, yo, you know, I just, I need to uh, get some information from you. He said, I want to open up an account. I said, okay, you know, have a seat. I can help you out with that. He says, um, you know, but, you know, I want to open up this account. I got some money. I got some cash, but I got to ask you some questions. He said, just out of curiosity, if... You know, let's just say hypothetically, you know, something happens to me. You know, what happens to this money? I said, well, you know, you can add a beneficiary to your account. You know, you can put, um, you know, in trust for somebody, which basically means that if something, you know, if you you die or, um, you know, become incarcerated or, you know, incapacitated in some way, you know, whoever you, you your beneficiary is, they can get access to that. To the, to those funds, he said. Okay, now he said, all right, all right, that's cool. So he's like, what, what kind of, um, just out of curiosity, hypothetically speaking, what if I go to jail? What if, you know, can this money be frozen by the government or you know anything like that? I'm like, well, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, the government does have you know the power to do that in certain cases when you know you, you get a court order or whatever to freeze you know accounts. But I mean, generally speaking, that doesn't really you know it doesn't really happen. Your your money is your money. Your account is your account. You know, barring any illegal activity, he said. Okay, he's all right. So he said, you know, I'll put a, I want to put my girlfriend on the account. I was like, all right, that's cool. So I put the girlfriend on the account. You know, uh, and that was that. But it was this guy. He was this very um, very nice guy, but t- totally thugged out. And you could tell that he was. I could tell that he was. He knew something was going to happen to him. You just, you know he knew that, and then so. I get this is maybe maybe I want to say about two months later. Um, I'm chilling in my office, and uh, these guys, I get a phone call, like, "Yeah, can I speak to uh, you know so and so?" Say, uh, you know, speaking, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, what, what time are you what time are you gonna be there till today?" I'm like, "Well, uh, the office closes at three. Like, all right, I'll be up there in a minute. I'm like, oh, whoa, what's going on? Like, what, what you know what I mean? Like, who, who's this? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, whoa, hold on, man. This is before I had the guns. I'm like, whoa, you know what I mean? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I just, I'll, I'll see you when I get it there. I get there. I'm like, whoa, I mean, is there something I can help you with? You know what I mean? Like, what can I do for you? I mean, did you want to open an account? Like, no, nah, I'll talk to you. I'll see you when I get there. 
was like, all right. I said, oh boy, here we go. I'm thinking I, I think it was somebody's girlfriend, or you know, a girlfriend I slept with or something back in the day. I'm like, well, Dad, did I, you know, see with your wife or something? I mean, something. I'm like, all right. What did I do? So long story short, so they, you know, like two fifty. We closed the branch closed at them. I'm like, oh, come on, three o'clock. Hurry up, hurry up. I'm flight no drama. So like two fifty, two forty five, two fifty. These uh, these two guys coming to the branch, two black guys. I'm like, oh, there they go. So they come back, and uh, they came straight back to the office. I'm like, yeah, what, what can I do for you? He was like, yeah, you uh, you Marcus, and I you know I go by Marcus when I'm uh, when I was at the uh, in, at the bank. A lot of you guys don't know, Dayton is my middle name, but uh, yeah, Marcus. I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, that's me. So they were like, um, yeah, you know, I, I talked to you earlier. They were like, yeah. Do you notice? Do you, you remember? He was like a couple months ago. Somebody came and opened up an account. I said, I mean, I opened up a lot of accounts, but uh, he showed me a picture. Like, you remember this guy? I'm like, yeah, I remember this guy. I'm like, yeah, he uh, he actually passed away recently, you know. And um, I, you know, I, want, I need to get this money out of the account. I was like, wow. At first, it just all came back to me. It was like that guy came in specifically asking about what happened, what would happen to the money if somebody, something happened to him. And that, I guess it turned out to be his father and his cousin who came in, you know, trying to claim the money. And I, unfortunately, I, I couldn't give them any information because they weren't on the account. It was just the girlfriend, you know, on the account. So they had, they were like, well, I'm the, you know, I'm the executive, uh, executor of the account. I'm his father. I said, well, you know, that, but that's cool. I said, you got to get the death certificate and, you know, get the, um, you know, uh, the, uh, uh, guys know what I'm talking about. Basically, you got to get the official paperwork, uh, you know, to show that you are the executor of the account. And um, that's just, you see what I'm saying? Like, people know when you live that type of life is what I'm saying to you that he clearly was into, whether it was criminal activities, he obviously had beef, he was worried about the cops, he was asking about the feds, putting freezes on his account. This is the life of our youth. These kids out here know what it is. They don't expect to live. It's not because of these white cops. These kids don't care about the cops. These kids are worried about each other. So if they know what it is, we should know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, we look at when we're outside that life, we think that the, these, the biggest threat is these racist cops. These kids aren't worried about no cops. These kids don't even respect the cops, they, but they respect that gun. They respect their, you know what I'm saying, these, these dudes out here in the street. That's who the real problem is. So let's not, let's just, as you know, it's a tragedy when, when, you know, every once in a blue moon something like this happens. But let's not forget that there are Michael Browns face down. There are Trayvon Martins, you know what I'm saying, every single day being killed by us. Every single day. So let's just keep that in mind and um you know and, and do what we as as individuals can do us as parents can do as Courtney said to educate you know our kids and to ultimately save our kids. I want to thank y'all for listening tonight man. We'll get ready to wrap it up. But um you know tonight's show as always is sponsored by Talbot Relationship Counseling if you guys need any type of just and I'll focus tonight on just the couples man. You know, just the, just the couples. Like, we do a lot of couples counseling, myself, Courtney, Oshel. Um, If you, you know what I'm saying, like, if you have a, a baby dad, you know, you have a husband, you have a wife that, you know, when you aren't really getting along, you know, and kids are involved, and you need somebody to really sit down with and, you know, and, and, and you know, help 
get things back on track so it is a stable environment so you don't have to raise a kid in in a you know in this type of environment you want to do your part you want to do your due diligence to save your kid and show them the right way to go show them a loving environment and you know you feel like we can help you out with that definitely call 855-55-DATON um you know or uh, email info at trctoday.com got a huge 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 announcement coming in the next couple of days it's going to change the whole change everything guys i'm i'm going to hold on to it for a little bit but um, definitely a big announcement coming. Uh, I know Courtney knows about it. Some other people know about it. But a huge development in the uh, the whole whole TRC movement. You know, we got TRC uh, obviously the counseling, TRC auto sales, TRC literary consultation, and uh, we're about to add another big piece to the puzzle in a, in, a, in a little bit. So stay tuned in the next couple of days. Look out for a big announcement. And um, that's it, man. Courtney, thanks for being here tonight. You guys at home, thanks for being here tonight. Look out for a live between brothers this Sunday and one of our next live shows, man. Let me just tell you a lot. Illuminati symbolism, that's 